Hey world, this is Ross here again with my podcast. This is episode 33, Larry Bird. Celtics legend, number 33. The only 33 in Boston sports history that matters. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Once again, my weekly podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, if you like it, subscribe, tell a friend. Who knows? Maybe we can uh, grow this thing together. Um... Saturday night, I'm at the Cambria Hotel, True Music Room, full band, Drew Dixon's on the night, Emily Chambers, her band, and myself and the band. That is my last uh, Nashville performance. So come out Saturday night. That is December 8th. And then uh, December 14th and 15th, all the people in Massachusetts should go to Opus Underground. We have two nights. Me, Paul, and Phil will be at the Underground at Opus playing some songs, classic uh Vix trio style for anyone who has uh, seen us when we were playing Sundays at Vix. Um, other than that, I just updated the Hey World playlist with some music from the Flying Buffaloes, Michael Kite, Emily Amber, who actually is a co-writer on my new record for a song called Queen of the Night. And uh, yeah, check that out. It's great. And um, RossLivermore.com for all the dates. Your Dude Stoked on Instagram. And uh, that's about it. Here we are, once again, episode 33 of Hey World. Let's do it. And here we are, once again, live on Facebook and Instagram from Nashville. Every time I hit the live feed, I always get like, I kind of get nervous still. Just like, oh, I hope I don't say anything dumb on social media, um, which I guarantee I will. <laughs> but um, yeah, welcome to the podcast again. Welcome to the live feed once again. The first to join in is the Verno Inferno. What's up, dude? Uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you might be asking yourself if you're watching the live feed, Ross, did you get a haircut? And the answer is yes. Just got a, got a snip over at Scouts here in Nashville. Uh, my good buddy, Josh Don, who is in a band called The Lonely Youth. If you, uh, They're actually on my playlist on Spotify. You should check them out. They have a song called Mile One. It's going to be playing in all of the Journey stores all around the country for the whole month of December. It's probably the month, if you wanted to have a music video playing at Journeys, December is 100% the month you want it, because that is uh, that is uh, probably the busiest shopping month in the mall, because of Christmas, which is right around the corner. Oh, cool. Brian Verney said he was just rocking out to the Hey World playlist. So, for those of you who don't know what uh, the playlist is that I update uh, like every week, every other week... It's uh, it's mostly songs from friends of mine that are putting music out. That's kind of like what I started. Uh, I started really just like I'll make a playlist with some music that I like, and then it just turned out that uh, a good. I I mean, I live near a lot of musicians and started to make some musician friends because it is Music City, and uh, I just kind of like started to add them on the playlist. So most of the stuff is people that I personally know. Um. The people who I just updated it with. The first song is um, 
a band called The Flying Buffaloes, who I know I've talked about on this podcast. And it's a song called Day by Day, which is their brand new single. And um, when I did that tour with them back in October, I think it was October, um, that's that's became my favorite Flying Buffalo song. So I'm really happy they released it. It's a great song. Um, also on the playlist is my good buddy, Drew Dixon. Um, he has a new song called Music's Over. And Drew... Actually, I met Drew. He is playing this Saturday with me at um, the True Music Room at the Cambria Hotel. And I met Drew actually on our first tour ever um, with the RLB. We released, actually, if you can see it on the Instagram feed, the album that I'm pointing to right here, it's the green one. Actually, let me go get a picture so you can see it. Hold on one second. All right, I'm back. This was our first band album called Lost and Found. And you can see the uh, CD and the picture there. Um, but we did a tour for that album. And it was the first tour that we ever did. Um, and the first show of our first tour ever was supposed to be in none other than Nashville, Tennessee. At a place that's still standing. It's called The End. It's the Nashville equivalent to... Dodge Street, if there's any people from the North Shore listening to this podcast, uh, the first show of our first tour ever was canceled. Um, and I found out like the day we were leaving. So I was like, hey guys, like our show got canceled. Anyway, we drove to Nashville because Paul and his sister Emily were there and we had to pick them up anyways. Uh, so we went to Nashville. That was our, my first time ever in this city. Eventually, we uh, the next show was in Athens, Georgia with none other than drew dixon who now lives in nashville and would become friends yeah r.i.p dodge street and uh dodge i could i could do a whole podcast i could do multiple podcasts on my experiences uh playing at dodge street in salem some of our first gigs ever with break for moose um but yeah i met drew dixon he went to georgia at the time um and he's still so he moved to nashville he's still playing with pretty much the same band um that he was playing with back when we did that tour back in, uh, when was that? 2009, maybe. And, uh, 2009, 2010, something like that. Anyway, uh, much like me and playing with pretty much the same guys. Um, Paul was the only member of the band that was on that tour, but man, first tour, we went all the way down to Key West and back, which was just like logistically very stupid, but Key West was, um, the highest paying gig. So we, I think the tour was like very poorly organized. It was like first show was in Nashville. Second show was in Athens. Third show was like in Atlanta. And then like Jacksonville, Orlando and Key West. And then we did one in like North Carolina on the way back. It was just like all over the map. Um, but that's how you learn how to not do that is by just like poorly planning. You know, I, I remember doing that tour, not having a band bank account and just like making cash and carrying cash around the whole time. It was very, very un, uh, unsafe and unprofessional of me. Um, but it's funny. I actually listened to a podcast with Logic's manager, you know, the, the 
hip hop artist logic and they were talking about some of their first tours and it was just like yeah i just had an envelope of cash from each show and like marked off the stuff and i'm like that reminds me of some of my earliest touring days um long story short we met drew dixon on that tour i've become friends ever since ever when i moved down here i knew he lived here and we just kind of kept in touch and uh he is now on that show on um on saturday at the cambria hotel also on the playlist michael kite a good friend of mine i met him from his cousin everett who lived in salem at the time who used to come and see me i think i might have talked about him and uh michael and i just became really good friends we've written a bunch of good songs we wrote new design and feels right off the last album there's a new song on the uh upcoming record called reggie that we wrote together and he just released a song called uh keep talking which is i've heard this song he's been playing it for a long time and he finally released the version and it is it's badass he's one of those guys he's like a charlie puth kind of guy where he is just incredibly gifted at a lot of different instruments and production so he can basically write a song do the full production on his laptop and with some like synths and all sorts of stuff and just like put it out um which I definitely envy because I can make like demos to send to the guys in the band. Um, but I can't like make uh Oh man, Danny Rogers is calling me right now. I have to decline it. I'm back. I'll call him back. <laughs> it's funny. Dan Danny Rogers, local Salem legend, mis most misunderstood man in Salem, calling me during the podcast. Um He's calling me because I'm in a football pool. And uh, I actually just took the lead in my household bet going on right now. We have, uh, so basically, you pick all the games during the week, and uh, whoever gets the most, uh, you can, if, if you typically like 13, if you get 13 out of 16, you, there's a good chance you'll win the week. I haven't won a week. Dan hasn't, and Emma hasn't. But. I had a really bad start to the season, and since then, I've been scratching and clawing, climbing the ladder, and uh, finally took the house lead. So that's good. Anyway, Danny's probably calling me about that, and I need to call him back. Anyway, uh, Michael Kite, badass. Emily Amber's also on the playlist, and she is a amazing um, singer, songwriter. Uh, yeah, we just uh, we've been talking about writing songs for a long time, and we never really were able to. Finally, we got together. Uh, I'd probably say in the summer, actually not in the summer because we recorded in April. I would say probably at the beginning of the year. Got together, and uh, we wrote a song called "Queen of the Night," which is Emma's favorite song, upcoming on the new record. And uh, I think it's I think it's become my favorite, at least top three. Um, but she just released a new song called Where Do We Go Now with her friend Ben Schuller. Schuller? S-C-H-U-L-L-E-R. Um, however you pronounce it, I'm not sure. But it's great. So if you're interested, check out the Hey World playlist. I'm putting a bunch of my friends' music on there. And some other stuff. There's some random stuff. Ryan Montblue's still on there. It's I typically keep it at like 30 songs. Um, but it's fun. It's fun to uh, listen to your friend. It's actually curating a playlist weekly has forced me to listen to more music which is good because you know you play a lot and uh sometimes you just you know 
but you tend to listen to more like uh like just podcast talk radio stuff like that but um it's forced me to listen to more music and kept me accountable and i should be listening to more music as all musicians say it's like you know you play so much sometimes you forget to actually listen you know um but there's people all around the city and all around the country and the world just putting out amazing music. I don't know how anyone could say that it is a bad time for music right now because the way that obviously the industry is going, um, you know, the masses get top 40 radio and iHeartRadio and all this stuff, but there's just so much amazing independent music being put out regularly um, that it's it makes it hard to find because you need to seek it out, but also uh, a lot of artists can just kind of do whatever they want. Like a guy like Michael can literally just make any type of song he wants and answer to no one. Um, so it's a beautiful time in that regard for the artists where you don't really have to answer to anyone. Um, it reminds me of high school, my senior year, I was in a humanities class and they said, uh, at our end of the year project was, um, doing a project on anything, which sounds easy. But when you're not stuck in a box, you uh, it's really hard to pick a topic. Um, uh-oh. I've spent 30 minutes on Instagram today. I made a timer. I think because I have a page. I'm trying to cut down on my social media. I don't think it's a bad thing, but it can definitely get overwhelming and discouraging and it can get uh, it can get taxing. I feel like you you know you just sit here scrolling on your phone all day. Um, it just it just it's not good for the soul. So I set a timer on Instagram because I was I was looking. I, someone I forget who it was. They posted like their usage time of Instagram, and it was like an hour and a half or two hours or something like that daily, which is crazy because that's one social media. So I'm sure they're probably doing a similar time on Facebook too. So if you figure like an hour and a half on Instagram, that probably equals an hour and a half on Facebook or Twitter. People are spending three, four, five hours of their time just on Instagram, on, on social media. It's crazy. And I started to see that in you know myself and obviously I have a podcast and you want to check to see who's liking it and who's sharing it and all this stuff. So it... uh it can get taxing. So a long story short, I set a timer on my Instagram to say when I've been using it for 30 minutes, 30 minutes is my goal. Obviously today I'm going to surpass it because I'm doing a live feed, uh, which is going to equal 30, 40 minutes anyways, but I'm trying to cut down to like 30 minutes per platform a day. That is my goal. If I can do it, I feel like it'll be a daily uh, daily chore to really keep myself accountable. But one of the things, honestly, that's helped me is, uh, is reading. And I've, I've talked about reading a bunch on the podcast. I just finished the Harry Potter series, um, which was incredible. And, uh, I just started to read to kill a mockingbird. I'm hitting, I'm going back to the, uh, should have read in high school books. Anyways, Anytime I have the urge to like scroll through Instagram, I just pick up the book and like read a chapter. Every chapter in that and To Kill a Mockingbird is like 
four to six pages. Um, so anytime I get the urge to go on social media and just like scroll aimlessly, like a, like a, like a sheep, you know, I just pick up a book and then like get into it. And that's actually helped me. Um, another thing that's actually helped me too with uh, cutting back on social media is when I post, like I'll post whatever, you know, I, today I posted about Jesse Cimentaro, who's going to be playing on the Saturday at Opus. Um, I'll make sure that I'm posting before I'm about to go do something where I can't look at social media, like running or like going to get a haircut. Um, just to make sure that I'm like keeping myself away from the comments. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's, it's definitely a very hard thing to do because you're just, you, you always want to, we always want to feel connected, but in a way, are we getting more disconnected? Whoa. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I'm basically trying to cut back on my Instagram time, which I just got a notification. Anyway, um, I guess that's a weird thing to do, though, if you're like doing podcasts or putting out music. Like, there's a certain level of um, social media time that you need to put in. But, like, I don't know. Does it really matter that much? You know? I heard Chris D'Elia talking about it. And I was talking to Josh Don uh, today about it, too. Like, you put so he he mentioned basically he's like I put so much time like time and effort into my comedy, um, why do I have to like work on Instagram? So I just like put out stupid videos and like dumb shit that I don't really even try. And I was like that makes that makes a lot of sense. Like as musicians, you know, you work so hard on practicing and writing and putting music out that it's like as long as you're just posting on Instagram, like who cares about like I don't know the the. I don't know, being like, like the image across your, uh, across all platforms. I don't know. It's just such a, it's a hard, it's such a hard thing to manage unless you have like a team of people. So it's just like, as long as you're posting regularly and it's like showing your personality in some weird way, like it doesn't have to be like high quality pictures or anything like that. That's kind of the reason why I started the podcast. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not going to like sit there and take pictures of myself all the time. But I still need to put out content. So, like, how can I put out something that is uh, shows my personality in a way that like makes sense? And I think for the most part, like doing this seems to make sense. I mean, like, I'm getting some listens, and it works, and it's fun. It's kind of therapeutic, and uh, keeps my mom informed as to what I'm doing. <laughs> And like people back home lets them know. She's like, my mom's like, I feel like I'm learning a lot about you that I didn't know when I, when I watched a podcast. I'm like, well, good. That, that, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad it's a learning experience. <laughs> but I don't know. It's fun. Have any, have, have any of you guys seen, you know what we saw the other night? I went to go see A Star is Born. Man. I was actually really looking forward to seeing this movie, but I wanted to wait till it like the buzz kind of died down just because like, I hate going to the movie, like movie theater and it's just, and it's packed out. Um, so we waited like a month and a half to go see it. And man, it was great. Like sometimes these music movies, I'm, I guess I'm always like a sucker for music movies, like almost famous rock star. You remember that movie with Marky Mark? I loved that movie. And it was just like 
cheesy. It's pretty much the Rockstar is like the story of uh I think it was before it happened, but it's pretty much the same story as the singer of um the new singer of Journey. You know the guy they like found him on like YouTube. It was like some guy from Southeast Asia, couldn't even speak English, but he sounded exactly like Steve Perry. They found him on YouTube and there was like a documentary about how they like hired him as the as the um as the lead singer. Anyway, Rockstar with Marky Mark is pretty much that same exact story, except it was in the 80s, so there wasn't YouTube, obviously. So they like took a VHS, like it was like a VHS camcorder and videotaped him doing like a Steel Dragon tribute show and sent it to the band when their singer, they were kicking out the singer and Marky Mark got the job, ultimately became the jaded rock star. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, found himself and and was able to write his own music. So it's, I mean, it's always cheesy. It's always the same type of stuff. My brother is tuning in on the Instagram story. What's up, dude? I'm excited to come home and, uh, party during Christmas. Um, anyway, a star is born. Honestly, for a music movie, I didn't think it was as cheesy as it could have been. There was really one moment in the movie that I was like, oh, I don't know if that would happen. It's like they're sitting outside of a grocery store and uh, it's it's the main character, Bradley Cooper and, and Gaga. And they're just chatting and then she just starts singing and like writing a song. And he's like, did you just write that? And she's like, yeah. And it becomes like the big song that they, they sing in her moment. And it was like, I mean, I, can't, I feel like you can't make a good music movie without a little cheese to it. Any musical has a little cheese to it. But honestly, my favorite part about that movie was like the live performance shots were like badass. Apparently, they were like he got on stage with Willie Nelson's band and like performed the songs in front of Glastonbury, the crowd in Glastonbury and then like at Coachella or something like that, which I thought they actually played the songs and he sang them live. But apparently... um. They didn't do that at all. They just got on stage and like played the music through the monitors back at them and the crowd heard nothing. They were just like performing these songs for like eight minutes and then got off stage and then like Willie Nelson got on stage. Um, but it was a great movie. Gaga is Lady Gaga. She's great. And Bradley Cooper was good too. Like he was actually singing and I've listened, I've been listening to the soundtrack since we saw it the other night. And man... It's it's just, it's good. The songs are good. Um, it's a uh, great time for music movies right now. The next one on the docket is uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I got to see that. It's funny. Like I was playing downtown when that movie came out, and uh, all the girls down there are like play some Queen. I just saw the movie. Play Bohemian Rhapsody, and I'm like, I can't. We can't play Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, we can't play that song. Um, but I figure we ended up playing some Queen song. It was like, a, yeah. Crazy little thing called love. Takes me a second. Um, so we would play that a couple times. But yeah, that one, the Queen movie is the next on the docket to go see for me but if you haven't seen stars born it is good go see it it is worth a trip to the movie theater just because like i mean 
it's I kind I always anytime I go to a, I feel like I'm not a fun person to go to see a concert with because I'm just like nerding out about the equipment the whole time you know just like I'm just like so in awe scam oh my god I keep getting these phone calls scam likely <sighs> sorry about that people um yeah going to a concert I'm just like geeking out over the equipment the whole time and I don't really talk and everyone that goes with me they're like are you are you uh are you in a bad mood I'm like no I'm just like really excited I just, I'm looking at all the amps and the guitars and all this stuff um so all of the like concert footage from the movie like watching it on the big screen and like seeing these big crowds and stuff it's like it's it's exciting like they they did it right and actually one of the main songs that bradley cooper sings is a jason isbell song which i didn't know um he wrote one of the songs and then i think it was like willie nelson's son lucas nelson was a musical pretty much like the musical supervisor and writer and i think gaga wrote some of the songs but man great movie go see it even if you're not a huge music fan it's a good story um I actually, I didn't realize there was two other ones. I thought there was just the Chris Christopherson and um, Babs, Barbara Streisand movie. But apparently there's another one. I don't know. Maybe I should see the the A Star is Born trilogy. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it was good. Next one, Bohemian Rhapsody. I feel like that's a movie you get to see in a theater. And I think they do IMAX. That would be another one where I think the live shots are probably pretty well done, especially that live aid concert. Um, so I think prob I think seeing that in IMAX would be pretty badass. But um that was the first movie that I saw since Jurassic Park. Which I mean, talk about a summertime blockbuster, but it's kinda I don't know. It was good. It was good. It was fine. It was exactly what you want it to be, you know? Um Anyway, last night I went to the City Winery here in Nashville to see the Musicians Corner Christmas show. And uh Musicians Corner, what it is is a uh free summertime concert here in um June and then in August down at the Parthenon. And uh they I actually played at one of them, which like was for me like a really big deal because I actually I got to play right before um, John Paul White, who was just incredible. And that was like a really good opportunity for me, which like Justin, who runs it is was his like one of the reasons why I like Nashville so much is because they're so open to like giving new artists an opportunity and uh Musicians Corner has like right off the bat always been super cool to me. Like I got to play at the Bluebird through them, which was my first time ever playing at the Bluebird Cafe. And then they let me open for John Paul White, which was an incredible opportunity. Um, so they just put out a Christmas record and uh, Bobby Holland, who produced our newest record, his band, The Daybreaks, is on it. So they performed last night and I got to uh, I got to go and check them out. And they they're just awesome. Um Great band. Who else was on the show? Amber Rupart is... Uh, I've actually known her... The first time I saw her was at Passim in Boston like years ago. She opened for Ryan Moplu. And um, 
when I moved here, I realized she was here and I've just kind of like pop, like bumped into her a few times. She is incredibly talented. And uh, Ruben Bides is B-I-D-E-Z. Bids? Bides? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. He blew my mind. I didn't even know who he was and he played after Amber and um, just blew my mind. And he looks exactly like a young James Taylor. He had, He's like kind of tall and skinny and has long black hair and had a mustache. And I'm like, you look just like James Taylor when he first came out. Um, but he did, uh, what did he do? Oh, he did a version of Oh Holy Night that was like, left the crowd speechless. Um, just one of those performances. You're like, damn, I love it here. Nashville is incredible. Because people like that just pop up. And they had, I think it was probably like 10 people on the show. Everyone did like two songs each. They did an original song and then a Christmas song, maybe even an original Christmas song, but it was kind of like one non-Christmas and then one Christmas song. But he, uh, Ruben was like, blew my mind. Um, It was awesome. And then, uh, who is it? Jeremy Lister. He was also great, but he he sings with an acapella group and like they acapella see acapella groups are weird to me because they're super talented, they're amazing singers, the harmonies and like the way that they arrange these songs are really creative and really good. But like I just there's something about acapella groups. If Jamie Leslie's still watching, I'd like to see you uh weighing in on this on this conversation like you get your thoughts on what acapella groups if, if you like them or or not i don't know there's just like there's something about acapella groups that just kind of bug the shit out of me it's just like i i there's something about hearing like a bunch of dudes singing the guitar riffs to green day you know that just like it just uh, it's just not uh not my cup of tea but i you know they're doing it and like they're doing well. And like, I actually know some people that have like sung in them in college and like still do it. And like, it's not like, I don't know. They're extremely talented. And like, I couldn't even come close to arranging something like that. It's very like the, the harmonies and the chord structures, they're like super deep, but like, it's cheese, just Gouda all over the stage. (laughs) A nice aged Gouda musically. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, maybe we should just end it on the acapella groups. What do you say? I don't know. Well, thank you guys for tuning in once again to episode 33 of the Hey World podcast. Uh, check out the playlist on Spotify along with my music. Um, RossLivermore.com for all of the dates. For all of you watching now on Instagram and Facebook, uh, this Saturday I'll be at the True Music Room at, Cam- at the Cambria Hotel with Drew Dixon and Emily Chambers. And then December 14th and 15th, Paul, Phil, and I are at Opus Underground. Don't miss it. It's going to be incredible. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I'll miss you. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm out of here. Okay. Bye-bye.